0: How do we revolutionize cancer care? What innovations can solve global food scarcity? Can the next big leap in drug development come from a place you might not expect? These are the questions that drive us on New Wave, a podcast where curiosity meets life-changing science. In Nova Scotia, a new wave of pioneers are answering these questions, from reimagining how we treat the most daunting diseases To tackling the challenges of feeding a growing planet their stories are as inspiring as they are impactful i'm taylor McGilvery. join me as we dive into these extraordinary narratives we're not just talking about scientific breakthroughs we're exploring how these advancements touch lives reshape communities and pave the way for a brighter future subscribe to new wave on your favorite platform be part of a journey that takes you to the heart of innovation and shows how, in Nova Scotia, we're not just asking questions. We're finding answers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot,
2: Hello, everyone. It's Bridie. Welcome back to Turn Me On. This week, Jeremy and I are speaking with Paula. Now, Paola is a professional dominatrix via kaufmitch.com. Not sure if you've heard of it. We've got a couple of episodes coming up that to talk about Kaufmich. is a German-based um, pay-for-sex online community. And like I said, Paola is a dominatrix on that site. It's a social network for sex workers. As well as that, she has her very own dungeon in Paris. So Paola is a 32-year-old Latina. She's written a poetry book and is now in the process of writing a novel whilst living in Paris. Um, Jeremy and I chatted with Paula about... Her chosen subject, which she emailed us ahead of time, she wanted to talk about love. So we chatted with Paula about love as a fetish and as a sadomasochistic act. And we pondered the question together, where does love lead for someone who doesn't dream of the house, the dogs, the kids, the picket fence, and the happily ever after? So all of that and more coming up right at you. Please enjoy. We certainly did. We love you and we'll see you on the other side.
3: Uh, you know what I'm, I mean, I'm excited for this conversation for a number of different reasons. Um, not only am I excited because we're talking with Paula and we've been we've been kind of hanging out for like three or four minutes before the recording, and already I'm having a, a grand old time. <laughs> but I'm also excited because um, you know a little bit of like background, you know, behind the curtain, how it all works for folks. Typically, when we have a guest come on the show, we ask them, "Hey, what do you like? What do you want to talk about? What are some some things that you want to hit?" And um, and Paula got back to us and said that they want the subject of what we're going to be covering today to be about love. And as much as we talk about relationships, as much as we talk about sex, I don't think we've ever like had a full focused conversation about love. And I'm excited to get into love because I love love. I know you love love.
2: Uh, yeah, but I am a little bit uncomfortable with you, talking about love. You're not
3: as much into love as I am. <laughs> what I get, what I gather from Paula is Paula is very much into love. So I think this is going to be a really fun conversation. Paula, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to sit down with us. Um for the folks at home, give us a little bit of introduction, uh who is Paula? What's uh what is what is the day in the life of Paula? I
2: think
4: it's Paula.
3: Pa- oh, is it, it's Paula. Oh, my god. Paula.
4: It's okay. <laughs> No, no, no. Like, actually, it's like with you, Paula, but like Paula, it's perfect. So I'm, thank you I'm, so much. I'm going to take
3: it back. I'm going to insert, I'm going to say now, Paula.
4: And then I'm going to cut that in every
3: time I said Paula. I'm a <laughs> fucking idiot.
4: Oh, no, no, no. But you know, like in France, I've I transformed my name to Paula because like people will just not get it. So it's like, it's fine. But thank you so much for having me in, your, in the show. Like, I am so excited to be here. Uh, and yes, I chose love because I'm very much into love. I'm I'm a sucker for love. I am, yeah. So, Paola, I don't know. Um, I'm a 32-year-old writer. I live in France, uh, but I've lived in everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but I've lived in um, the south of France, in Marseille. I've lived in Napoli. I've lived in Berlin. I've lived in New York. I've lived in Chicago. I've lived in Sao Paulo and uh, Buenos Aires. Uh, I've been all over the place.
3: Wow! Like literally um, all over the place. That's wild.
4: I haven't been in Asia, but you know, like I don't mm-hmm. do I don't do tourist things. So if mm-hmm. I go there, I will like have to stay for at least like a year or two or more. So maybe one day. Um, and um, yeah, uh, so I live in a in a seven meter square apartment in the center of Paris, uh, where the fire is happening. Uh, I live with my two birds. Um, this was originally my writing room, but now has converted into my apartment. Um, and I've been thinking a lot of love like how love got me to it uh how love has shaped the person that i am i think everything in my life uh has been done because of love or most likely uh because of heartbreak uh, i i am a, like i'm very attracted to um heartbreak more than Ooh. even love maybe attracted uh, to heartbreak
3: like you like you feel drawn to experiencing heartbreak or like like more so just by way of the way your life has gone you've experienced more heartbreak than maybe most you think
4: um I've experienced I yeah no I I've very much uh experienced more heartbreak than any person that I know or hmm. most of them uh I just think and this is something that I that I wanted to discuss in this program I just think that I, I am not and there are many like me uh, that we're not very much adapted to the idea of love in this society, so we're kind of like fond to heartbreak, but it's also related to certain type of uh, pain and suffering that we might like. So that is also why mm. I wanted to talk about love because maybe there is some masochist idea in it, and there mm. is a type of pain, but it's so strong, so. Powerful, so profound, so I don't know like staggering, like a very, very electric type of pain that we only get by heartbreak mm.
0: um, mm-hmm.
4: that I might be attracted to like a fly that that flights into the light to get electrocuted
3: <laughs> yeah right right <laughs> this this is this is really yeah. this is like a really interesting take on love that I don't think I've heard. I don't think I've ever heard. And I I definitely most certainly have never really like thought about it that way. But you, you, there, I mean, there's, I, I think you're right. Like there is something to that. I also, I, for context, and I think this is kind of, this, this sort of makes this conversation a little bit more interesting context for the folks that, that are listening, but you're also, uh, you are also professional dominatrix, correct?
4: Sorry. I I never said that. Yes, I am a professional dominatrix. So like pain and torture is my thing. That's Um, your thing,
0: right? (laughs)
4: Yeah. Yeah, Pain and torture is my thing. And I've been a (laughs) professional dominatrix for like six years, but I've been a dominatrix ever since I, I had a conscience. Like I remember in the first grade having someone that I will call my slave in front of like the entire school and use him as a horse in the, in the, in the patio. And, uh, and I remember, uh, being very sadistic with my neighbor. Um, Mm. so I've been experiencing this pleasure in pain and torture, um, from a very, very young and tender age. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yes i think that it's very related to that i like i like see a fork i see a fork I, at yeah. childhood that's like she likes yeah.
2: pain and torture yeah but also love whereas you could have gone the other way and been you know a total psychopath yeah. right? with yeah, those yeah. same with those same proclivities <laughs> yeah. you know
3: i, I mean there's there's like there's a really interesting parallel here like when you when you think about i mean and and and, and i'm came, like the, the parallels being from what i'm hearing you say which which again, like I haven't really thought about, but when you think about it, like love, love is, when I think of love, like in this conversation right now, two words are coming to mind, right? Like, like.
2: Love hurts. Love stinks. No, no, no,
3: no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Love
2: (laughs)
0: hurts.
3: (laughs) No, I was more so going with like, uh, the two words are are devotion and torture, Mm. right? And when you look at, uh, you know, dominatrixes, that entire world is uh, is deeply revolved around devotion, right? Devotion from your your slave, I guess, if, if you will, if that's the correct terminology.
2: Subordinate.
3: Uh, yeah, you're subordinate, and then and then like the, the, the torture, the torture part, right? The the uh, like the the, the, lo- the, the sadomasochism un- of mm-hmm. of it, right?
2: Even the longing is torture.
3: Mm-hmm. This is so interesting. I love. That. I love. <laughs> I wish I was. Oh, fuck. I wish I had an edible before. <laughs> Before we sat down today, I, I, have, be some. Such a
4: great... I have some in the, in the fridge, like just next to me. I'm not going to eat one, but I do have some and some mushrooms too. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, um,
3: well, I, I, I guess like maybe, maybe just to just just to kind of like um, just to go a little bit deeper with this and and, and like for the context of it all, before we actually like, really sink our hands and teeth into this idea of love because there are, there's already my mind is swirling with like all the different sort of questions that I have for you surrounding love, the way that you view love, the way that love plays into your work, like all those things. But before we do um, maybe give us a little bit of insight into how uh, like the history of you finding your way to this work of being a dominatrix.
4: It was because of love. That is yes, all because of love um so um yeah I I was um I had a relationship uh, with a person uh, that lasted for um uh, two years and it ended up in a dramatic way the only the only way I, I know how to end things and uh uh he was He is an amazing person. I think of him, like, every day. I haven't talked to him since 2016, and I still think of him, like, every day. He is amazing. But at this point, I was just, I don't know, like, I thought that I was cuter than him in some way. This is very, very, like, shitty what I'm saying. So when he uh, dumped me, I actually dumped him, and then he didn't want to get back. Uh, When he said no, I was like, what? what did you say um so I kind of like started like uh some type of sexual revolution um I started like fucking with a lot of people but like in a very nice way it was not just revenge it was just like okay I'm just gonna deliver myself to the world and the world opened to me in this way the world can open to you in many many ways and in this point in my life it opened like in a sexual way I actually like I started a thing at this time in my life uh, like it was like just Revolution, hmm. um, and in this revolution, I met this guy, and he's like very, very nice. Um, we're having a great time. It's a um, like, oh, we we, we meet in, on the twenty fourth of December, so Christmas. Uh, so it's like a couple of days before the New Year's Eve. Uh, everybody is high. Remember that in Argentina, the other hemisphere it's the middle of the summer so everybody is high half naked it's amazing and um we had a lot of ecstasy and we kind of like just took ecstasy like in the mornings um because he had like a weekend house so we were like in this very beautiful house very 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 beautiful pool like taking ecstasy in the morning was a very good idea and I think because of this we said I love you like almost immediately we were like Mm. I love you. We should spend <laughs> our entire life together forever. <laughs> and um, we kind of like really believed in it. We kind of like really believed in it. Uh, and we um created a, a character. We were always like playing games. It was like very much like a role play, like constant role play. And We created a character that was uh sometimes like a relationship advisor, um that always said to us like. In our minds, I mean, we were just like playing it. He didn't exist. If you want to like solve this problem, you have to get really into the problem. You need to like really go deep into the problem. So to go deep into the problem, we got married like a month and a week exactly, a month and a week after getting uh, getting to know each other. Like
3: wow, like not engaged, straight up fucking no, wed,
4: married. Yeah, wow. yeah, wow, married. Wow. wow, wow, wow. It was amazing, actually. It was amazing.
3: Uh, Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) Wait, did you do a
4: whole, like,
2: ceremony? And, like, did you buy a gown and all that kind of stuff? Oh, wow. Wow.
4: (laughs) No, no one yet. Like, I got married in jeans and uh, Mm T-shirt. But uh, we invited our families. My mother, like, traveled uh, 1,500 kilometers to come to the party. And she didn't know that she was coming to my wedding. Uh, but when she got there, I was like, okay, mom, I'm getting married tomorrow. <laughs> so we go to like, yeah. We get we get married. Uh, my mom, his mom, is, they, they are like begging us. We beg you, please do not do this. Please. Oh
0: my goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> this.
4: And we were like, no. <laughs> we're <gonna> do it. <laughs> there's like photos of me. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's photos of me like sitting down and I'm like, like, I couldn't believe myself what I was doing, but, but mm-hmm. we did it. And then we, like, took some LSD in the street. That was, like, the party. But we we were partying all day. So there was mm-hmm. a ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sweet. But there was a ceremony. So this was very public in some way. Uh, he had a band, and I was, like, a night, uh, a, a, a gal of the night type of girl. I am, I still am. Yeah. Um. And we were both in Instagram, like a lot of people that didn't know us, like thought they knew us and they were like following this crazy relationship. And at some point, like it it didn't really work. Like it was, I was, I am not the type of person to be a married person. Maybe it happened to you. (laughs) Maybe you've realized the same thing.
3: (laughs) Very much so, very much so. Yes. Yes. Yes.
4: Okay. So, you know, like I was like, you know what, like, this is really not for me. And I remember saying, okay, like, I'm going to end this, and I'm going to end it, like, with a bang. I'm just going to go to New York, and he won't be able to find me. So I went to New York, and I didn't have money. And I was like, um, well, maybe it's time for me. I was always, like, curious about sex work. I had always been. And I was like, well, very time for me, you know. Like I'm changing life. Why not? I I was a professional hacker before. I had oh, wow. a very yeah. I I had a very like nine to five type of work. I worked for like very big companies. That being in the United States with no uh, work permit, that was not an option. I was like, mm. okay, yeah. Why not a sex worker? So I started doing sex work uh, as a in a massage place. But I realized very fast, like the first week, that I was just not nice. I was incapable of being like, I was just incapable of it. And I got a client that was very interested in domination. So we had like a, I could try out and I felt very comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And I talked with a friend of mine who's also a sex worker. And he told me, yes, you're definitely a dominatrix. So I did a little research, and um, I ended up in a, in a dungeon in Brooklyn, um, and they were very welcoming. They uh, We did an interview. Uh, it was a fit fetish interview, and my ex-husband um, was a fit fetishist. So I was like, <laughs> let me show you how it's done. <laughs> So I started immediately and I took a lot of classes because they did uh, workshops there. So I did a lot of workshops. I had like a pretty um, formal education on fetish. I remember one day that uh, a guy was like giving me a foot massage and I was like um, talking to him and he asked me how did I discover that I was a dominatrix and I had never thought about it. But right at that point, I thought about what I told you before. Oh, fuck, I had a slave in the first grade. <laughs> I was a sadist with my neighbor. I've been a dominatrix all my life. Huh. So this is how I started in domination. But then I realized pretty su- pretty, pretty fast that was there that, that was love, the factor that actually like, gave this, the decision, the sting, you know, like the punch, like the real thing was when I had like a link with the person in front of me. Mm. So, yeah, I realized that at pretty fast.
3: Turn me on podcast. We'll be back after this short break.
1: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support.
2: Are you able to tap into that feeling of love for all of your clients? Is that, like, play into your your scenes
4: at all? No. No. No, obviously not. Obviously not. Um, but I can really feel it when it's there. Um, I mean, it's not only with my clients. This is something, like, in general. Like, I don't feel love for everybody, and I don't feel love for every client. Or they don't feel love for me either.
3: Do you think you fall in love pretty easily? Yes. Yeah. yeah.
4: Because I'm not a coward. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I, yes. When I do it, I do it like immediately. Almost immediately. It's not, I I don't fall in love that much. Like it happens like once every three years, maybe four Mm -hmm. years.
0: Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, but
3: when I do it, it's like, I know it right away. Yeah. Man. I, okay. Cause I do too. I'm in the same boat. I fall in love like at a stupidly rapid pace and I'm going to steal that line next time anybody ever asks me that I'm going to say, yes, I do. Because I'm not a coward because I do think that there is something very like it's, it, there's something, there is something, there is something to the confidence of knowing yourself so much that you know when you are falling in love, you can you can separate it from lust, you can separate it from, you know, a clouded vision. Like you you know you know when you know, and I think some people are too afraid to admit it, and that's why they like they hold back. And I, I mean, hey, look, probably for the best for some people, probably for the best for a lot of people. I'm sure, I I'm I'm not I'm not going to say sure. I know for a fact that my. My ability to fall in love so quickly has gotten me into some situations that, you know, <laughs> I don't love heartbreak. I fucking hate heartbreak. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the same boat as you there.
4: I don't love it's going to kill me. But
3: I feel like in this conversation, I'm starting to like have maybe a different, a different viewpoint on how I feel about heartbreak. Maybe, maybe there is something fucking beautiful to the, like the, the soul crushing nature of it. But I, I will tell you, my 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 falling in love so quickly and and like being convinced of it has led me to some serious heartbreak. And so, uh, yeah, you know, maybe I'm not a coward, but it but it 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 comes with a it comes with it sometimes comes at a cost. So, anyway, this is yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I,
2: well, we're just talking about love, and um, I I kind of want to know, like, just. For people who are listening and myself as well, when we talk about heartbreak, like, you know, we've spoken before, Jeremy, about how being heartbroken is sort of, it's, if you love anyone, you're going to eventually have your heart broken about it because they're going to die or they're going to leave or you're going to, everybody's dying all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, I learned that lesson when I was younger, I lost my sister. And, and it was like a feeling of heartbreak. So mm. that is also what I define as heartbreak, also one of the most excruciating and beautiful mm. emotions that you that I I think are, are, are possible. Um, and in that, in that sort of like cracking open, I don't know if it's like this for everybody. Some people just never get past that sort of broken feeling of having lost a love. And then other people will look at a heartbreak and losing love or, or having their heart broken as something that actually created more capacity for them to love Mm -hmm. in the future. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like that whole thing about like a broken glass that that's mended with glue is now a little bit tougher. It's like stronger in the places where it was broken before. Um, and, understanding the magnitude of loss can like our, our low lows can make our high highs or our moments of Mm -hmm. exalted love uh, so much higher.
3: But then there's some people that just like gets, they, when they get heartbroken, they just go, fuck it. Never again. Like they just close off and they go, I'm not letting anyone a goddamn mile near my heart. You know, I'm going to like, I'm going to like grow this icy, cold shell around my body and my heart and not let anyone n- near it. Yeah. Which that's, that's a bummer.
2: Yeah, it is a bummer, oh. but I, but I just wonder what your <laughs> thoughts are on that. Like in terms of your personal, like when you talk about heartbreak and what's so magnetic about it for you, are you talking about all of this, all heartbreak or is it only heartbreak when it's a romantic love? that you're after
0: mm.
4: um well the, the answer is so complicated it has so many <laughs> aspects to it and i want to like grasp them all that uh it's very complicated so um i want to say this there's there's some people that will get like a collector's item like a toy particularly um and they will just like leave them in their box, men condition. condition. And there's some people that will open and play with until the thing falls apart. I am the second type of people. Like I wanna experience life. I want life to kill me. I want life to tear me apart. I wanna be crushed by life. I wanna die so you I want to burn my candle from both ends and every end that I might have. Like I want to live so hard that I will die. I just don't want to just like wither away. So um, my attraction to heartbreak and my attraction to love comes also from that. It's just like this uh, couple of emotions that cut so deep they're like the same thing they cut so deep and i think it's my heartbreak is very much related to actually capitalism and how love works and how our they our ideas of relationships work and how i do not fit on the in them like i am not made for this capitalistic heteronormal idea of what a couple is and how we experience love so i always end up just crashing but hey i am i am actually happy that i crash like i like i said like i really want to burn so
2: yeah i I just Um, wrote down i want to live like paris burns
4: (laughs) 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 yes i mean Mm. yeah uh like dying in a manifestation fighting with the cops or dying of love i am very happy with the, both of them. Also mm. getting eaten by a bear or by a um, group of people. Also very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah.
3: Also
2: very good ways to go. that—that <laughs> <Yeah. I, like,
3: laughs> yeah. That is interesting though, that, that, that notion of like the heteronormative sort of fantasy of what love should look like. Um, uh, you know, like w- when Bridie and I got married, Like it, it didn't take long for us after that to realize that that wasn't really, that wasn't really the, the, the ways that we sort of like envisioned our lives going. Um, And I like, you know, I wouldn't compare myself to beat, I, I wouldn't compare myself to, uh to you, Paola, about like the ways that you move about the world, because I think you are, I think you are one of those, I think you're a very extreme person. And I mean that, I mean that in all the best ways possible. Like you are, you're an extreme human, um, but you're not alone in that. I think there's a lot of people out there who are quite extreme and extreme in the ways that they live their lives. And they, they, you know, it's like all or nothing and, and like, you know, very exciting and, and very chaotic, but you're not alone. And so my, my curiosity lays in, in like wondering, how do you think that, 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 that heronormative fantasy of love how do you think that that affects the, the, the people like yourself, the people on the, on the extreme end of things that really don't subscribe to that, that ideal whatsoever?
4: It just fit. Like my rhythm will not be sustained for as long as these type of lives need to go. Um, as a very extreme person, um, Yes, I'm not alone. There's a lot of people like me in the world. But um, if you if you like look into us, we tend to be alone in this yeah. way because it's yeah. very difficult to have this rhythm of life and to have this passion and to have this hunger and this thirst for life when you're holding someone's hand. And I am not meant to be whole for long it's very cliche but it's like okay it's not about me being or my emotions be being, being very volatile like i i if i say i love you to someone and i will and i I've, I've said i love you to many people many times if i say i love you to you uh so far i can prove that it's forever i still love with everything of me uh every person that i ever tell that mm. i love them like mm. i love them i think so far and it's very sad um i don't want to like bring the conversation down but it's true um i think the only relationship in my life that i can't consider done with it's just one ex of mine who committed suicide um some years ago Mm -hmm. i think when that happened i was like fuck this is my first true breakup like all the others it was like okay maybe i will see you later i hope i will see you later uh and this one was like okay so we're we're broken up like this is Mm -hmm. over um so I think it's it's that I think it's like I am not capable to compromise to be the person that a metronormal relationship needs. Like I am not that constant. I cannot imagine myself living in the same place all my life or living like more than five years anywhere. I wanna like and then again I wanna leave. Yeah.
3: Do you, do you feel like you, like, you know, the way that you move around the world and the way that you, the lens at which you see the world through, do you think that you become, do you think that you find yourself attracted to people that have a similar or like a slightly adjacent mindset to you? Or are you, do you find yourself attracted to like those, those folks who might kind of want to settle down someday and like, have a home with their nesting partner and maybe have kids or like that whole thing. Just
2: really nice people. Just
3: really
4: nice, basic people.
3: Basic (laughs) bitches.
4: When I see, when I see a boring, basic bitch, it comes with a choir of angels. (laughs) Like I see them and they Oh, And I'm like, and your horns
2: so awesome. come yeah, up out of yeah. your head. That's when they come out. <laughs> I'm going to destroy you.
4: Just, it's like, a, I, I guess it's like a magnet type of thing. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. Like, and, and at some point, I, I just want to see how much uh, I can attract them into my world. And I can, I want to see also how much they can attract me into theirs. Right. But I love boring people. I just love them. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Now,
3: now I want to know and <laughs> and like I you know, I I'm curious to know like have you had conversations with people in the past? Like the the people that you you feel like you have loved in the past where after it's ended, you know, do you feel like because, Okay, so let, let me just let me just kind of like like parse this out here. When I'm because I don't know you and I don't know your history. Like we're just getting to know you. It's been 30 minutes. Um, but what I'm imagining, what I'm, what I'm envisioning here is like you, Paula, who's got this like chaotic energy. It's like there's, there's there, it's, it's the extreme. It's a lot. It's, it's, I wouldn't it's say fu- chaos
2: it's, is the right word.
3: No, ka- I, I didn't say chaos. I said okay. chaotic energy. Okay. If you look at like, and I'm talking that, about that from like a role playing perspective, right? So like okay. if you, if you play an RPG... You could be cha- you could be chaotic good. You could be chaotic evil. You could be chaotic neutral. Okay. I'm seeing a chaotic good. It's like a good intended like you know, a good person in the heart. But they're they're chaotic. They 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 make choices where you go. Where the fuck did that come from? Uh-huh. Like where, what was the what was the,
2: <laughs> I did not see that coming. I'm gonna move to New York and disappear. Exactly.
3: Right. <laughs> exactly. So thank you.
4: Oh, he so, found me. My my ex my ex husband. He found <laughs> me. I didn't disappear. He went to New York to get me.
3: Okay, okay. You know,
4: also so, a chaotic human so, being, I guess. So can this tell. is
3: this is my question. It's like when when talking to the people that you've you have had relationships with, in particular the people that like might be on the more boring side of things, that aren't innately, you know, weren't innately born this way to be that like chaotic good. Um, do you have you gotten a sense that like the heartbreak for them is more or less than what you feel? Or like do like do you feel like do you have you ever heard from someone that where they go? You came into my life and you just
2: upended everything,
3: my whole life up because I was like, I just I had never seen anything like this before, and all of a sudden I was in it, and then there was fun, and then you were gone, you just disappeared to New York. What the <laughs> fuck? You know, like is it is it like that, or or do you feel like it's kind of it's kind of even it's even it's even Stephen?
4: No, it's not even. It's me. It's me who suffers. It's me who suffers. I think. Like hmm. honestly, it's hmm. me who suffers. Um now I, I, I'm sure no. I, I've broken some parts uh very deeply and I am pretty sure that um I haven't and I will not be forgotten. And <laughs> that I yeah <laughs> and that I've touched them very deeply, um uh, in many ways. Um but in, in this extreme life that I that I guy that I live um it's me who is like I might die of love right now like I might die this might push me to like living very extremely like it did when I moved to New York for example or when I started squirting uh by for example my last breakup wow that was dangerous That was literally dangerous. Thank God for mushrooms and microdoses because wow, that was like okay. Yeah. How
2: do you know in heartbreak when when you're at that brink? Like, what does that feel? Are you coming home and not getting getting out of bed, like depressed, or are you just writing a ton of Poetry about a person, or are you crying a lot? Like, what's that look like?
4: I don't want to get that dark, um, <laughs> but uh, no. Uh, okay, so let me let me explain context because like it's gonna be dark, but it has like a like a reason to tweet. So like honestly, I've lived through heart heartbreak with a lot of sadness and crying and being in bed. I've had those times, but. Um, I've always been very much in love also with myself. Like I am a character that needs a lot of energy to be supported. Um, at the end, we're all characters. Like it's uh, it's not, I, I, I we mold ourselves uh, because of the world that's around us. Like we are not just who we are, like society, our friends, our family and everything that is, around us mark the limits of who we we a very good one like I was casted for a very funny role like for a very funny person uh, character like I am this carefree, creative very extreme very funny very uh, boisterous person and I love playing that role i love playing my character but this last breakup really made me question that ironically it was uh with um with a um, film director and uh <laughs> it really made me question myself like i am this lovable i am am i this cool am i this fun and it was like for the first time in my life like do i like myself mm. um so this one was not uh, about crying or spending time in bed. It was about, I think I hate who I am. I think I hate myself, and it took a lot of work to realize, hey, no, actually, no, this is a good character that you got. You should like be proud of it and play it with the love and passion with that you've always played it with. But it took me months. It took me like many months to. Um, regain this love for myself. So it was not about sadness, it was about like mental warfare in my head against myself.
3: Where d- where I did that mental that warfare energy. Where where do you think that came from?
2: Yeah, was that was
4: that I just want to know is
2: your film director not like didn't like that side of you?
4: Uh I think he was like very afraid of it. So, uh he tried to like attack it. Uh, in a very like, like, we will be together, and he will say things like, "I have a very hard time trying to picture myself with you," <laughs> and we were like living to together. <laughs> we were right. living together. Well, you like yeah. just look at me and be like, "I have a very hard time."
2: Myself. <laughs> it'd be <laughs> like we could take a photograph of us sitting here together right now <laughs> yeah. it's super easy to yeah, just that, look that's at that's an it.
3: extreme thing to hear and like i get it like i get i mean you know i think anybody hearing that in a relationship it would i think a lot of people would probably have a reaction of like fuck like and then of course that falls back on the way that you feel about yourself you know yeah how could somebody say that to me unless i well, was eep, eep. or you know
4: like very sensitive okay I want to make this conversation a little more um like not so focused on this relationship and something that that Mm -hmm. I think is important to talk with Mm -hmm. the world Mm -hmm. so um when I was a kid I was this person when I was in school I was this person and so uh it was not I I I grew up in a very like right wing the very very close-minded type of uh city um i went to a catholic school so like the person that i was was very very hard to defend in front of these people and i always defended like i was always like honey i'm just cooler than you and the fact that you don't know it just make it lamer like just the fact that you don't recognize how i'm cooler than you it's because your name uh, and, and they were, like, I am sorry, I am sorry, I'm going to say this, like, yes, uh, uh, they were like just boring people that go to church every Sunday and uh, have like a very unfulfilling life and don't love the arts and don't live. They, yeah. they have just follow a pattern. And I think that's lame. I'm sorry. Like, this is my vision, maybe politically incorrect, but following a pattern, so um repeated and um and i was very proud of myself and it was very hard because i had a lot of bullies that i was a bigger bully then again a dominant trick i was a bigger (laughs) bully because when they bullied me i was like you're just lame lick my feet bitch (laughs) (laughs) exactly kind of you know like just look look at me just pay attention the second i leave this school just pay attention to me and i think some of them have and some of them have realized that i was right (laughs) i am sorry (laughs) Mm. Uh, but like when i met this guy he was like one of them it was like one of them but this one i love him so i kind of like believed it like it was the first time that i believed one of my bullies yeah luckily um I took mushrooms and I started like getting to know one of my very closest friends in a different way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, right now I'm in a new relationship and it's with someone that loves who I am and I love myself because of that too. And I love them obviously too. So like right now I'm in a very good place, but I remember this like the only time in my life in which I actually believed one of my bullies. Yeah.
2: I relate to that so hard. When I was, I went to a very, I grew up in a very small town. There were only 65 people in my graduating class. And we had been together from kindergarten to grade 12. And I was not cool, but I was in my head, I was way cooler than everybody. And I was like, you know, just wait till I get out of this small fucking town and I can go out there and I can be like my big, expressive, dramatic personality. And uh, there's been no shortage of bullies and no shortage of self-hatred in my life when it comes to those things because there's there's relationships where you get into and there's certain parts of yourself that you just kind of sweep under the rug for a bit because they don't jive well with the person who's sitting across from you. And you're like, well, I want to be likable and I want us to have so much in common. So this thing that like, you don't really like it when I like, like make like super loud noises uh to like exercise my voice then well maybe i'll be a little bit quieter around you but then Mm. those little comments start to like go in and you're like i don't even feel comfortable now expressing that for you to see that Mm. part of me now because i sense judgment and then it goes into my own self-judgment and i think that that it goes
3: on long enough you start to you start to you start to not recognize yourself anymore.
2: Absolutely. And so,
3: ma- I feel like so many people fall into that in relationships, and it, it, you know, coming back to like the heteronormative sort of fantasy of relationships. I think there's a lot of people that fall into that and they, and they kind of, they stick into the, they stick with the relationship because yeah. like, that's the way it's supposed to go. And you got the kids and you gotta, you got the home together and you got to fucking stick it out and, you're, and, and you know, It goes so far. At one point, they both people just look at themselves and they go, "Who the fuck am I? Yeah, who the fuck are you? Like, why are we still doing this? Like, we we are not. We are a husk of what we used to be.
2: We don't like each other, anymore. and
3: we don't even fucking like each other. Yeah, you know. And it's, uh, I I mean, you know, I've seen it.
2: I've seen see, I've
3: seen it. You know, my mom and dad. It's like there's like there's elements of that there too. You know, where it's like, oh Jesus Christ.
2: When did you stop? My sister, who is like a love monster, a self-professed love monster, has like loves love like I couldn't, (laughs) like nobody loves love. And uh, it's kind of crazy. It's bananas. But I mean, it works for her. It does. It totally works for her. It's beautiful to see. I love it. Now, she said to me, uh, and I've never (laughs) been able to put this away or hold it in any less regard than I did the first time I heard it, but she said like real love, like when, when you're in a real loving relationship and she didn't specify that it was like a romantic relationship or anything like that. But when you're in a relationship with someone where there's a lot of love, the feel it should set you free. And I think about that Mm. all the time. And it, it played a huge part in when Jeremy and I opened our relationship to see other people, it was like, okay, let's, Let's set each other free a little bit mm-hmm. here. Let's and and it was great for our relationship as we learned to like love each other in this way that had a little less of a tight grasp on it. You know, like you're mine, like that kind of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm wondering what you think about that little catchphrase that that real love makes you free.
4: I believe in it 100%. Then again, uh, as I was saying, like, uh, we are limited and defined by the people around us. So if we meet someone that's giving us a lot of space, a lot of space to be, and I I don't want to say be ourselves because like do we really know each other like i I don't think that we really know each other but someone that gives you space to experiment and to know and to push these boundaries that have been created by other people before i love Mm them.
0: when i feel
4: that when i i i see out someone and i feel like there's a a field an open field of possibilities for me maybe like maybe some something very like selfish of me but i when i see that when i see that someone can like push me into being something that i couldn't imagine wow (laughs) that is like one of the things that i'm that i'm very attracted to so yes that is exactly it like Someone as a window, someone as a as a door that opens up well, that's your frame.
3: Well, um i i'm i make I'm hazarding a guess here, but I, I would take it that you identify as demisexual
4: oh fuck yes <laughs> I haven't <laughs> had sex in a year <laughs> uh before i i I met this person I haven't had sex in a year like uh and yeah, for, no. for
3: people who don't know demisexual it's a, a sexual orientation where if you if you identify as demisexual, you, you only feel sexual attraction to someone <laughs> after you feel like you've formed a really strong emotional bond with them, correct?
4: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I haven't done escorting. I I've done escorting thing in my life, but I haven't done it for like a couple of years now. But my motto is like, I only make love for love or for money. And it has to be a lot. Uh, because I co- I go co- I am very good at it. <laughs> I am very mm-hmm. good. If it's like a sport thing, I can go and like yeah. But I I want sex. My my attraction to sex is like this moment in which uh, you're like caressing a dog and they turn over mm-hmm.
2: and they mm-hmm. show you
4: their belly. I want mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and you only get
2: that by love. Mm. That's yeah. There's <laughs> some trust in there.
3: Mm-hmm. Man, I gotta say, Paula, this this conversation. There's been so many little tidbits from this conversation that I think are gonna like stick with me. I also, I didn't get, I didn't say it, but like the the thought of like looking at your life as the role that you were assigned to play in the play that is life.
2: Oh, he loves he loves fuck role play and I games love that. and
3: like that is like I'm. I, it's gonna change the way that I look at the way that I go about the world. It's like, hey, why am I? Why am I so? You know why am I so bummed about the number of my bank account? That's the role I was given. I got to play that role. I got to fucking, I'm going to play that role to the, to the, to the fucking extent of the role. I like, I'm going to nail this fucking role. You know, it's nail? like, it, yeah, it's the best as an actor. I don't know why the fuck I haven't been thinking about that way. My, my whole life. Like this is,
2: you got to get up the, off this episode and do some, some yeah, character that's it, man. The casting director
3: saw something in me to be me and I'm going to be me. So anyway, I, I want to say this has been such a delight, this conversation. Um, I I feel like I, I would hope to get you back on the show at some point because I feel like we could just fucking wax. Poetical. Poetical for, for hours. Um, but we really do. We really do appreciate you coming on the show to dive headfirst into the world of like chaotic love. And I don't mean chaotic pejoratively. Again, I mean it from the notion of like, you just never know. You just never know, and so uh, we thank you. This is this has been a real, real treat. How I mean, like, how can people? St- this is something that you want to do, how, like plug away. It's, it, can people stay up to date with the work you're doing, or maybe they're interested in, like, you know, uh, you as a as a as a as an individual or as an artist? Like, how can people find you?
4: Oh, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. I know that it's like a uh, very like it's kind of silly, but I I put on a show. I put on a show on Instagram. <laughs> so, follow me on Instagram. I will not bore you.
3: <laughs> no You know, doubt. I might do
4: a lot of things. I might get you angry, but I will not bore you. <laughs>
3: and what is, what is yeah. your, uh, what is your Instagram handle for folks?
4: Oh, it's uh, complicated in, in English, but it's super cursi. So, super cursi. C-U-R-S-I. Super cursi. Uh, uh, and it means like super tacky in a romantic way. Corsi, it's tacky in a romantic way. So like there it. you go. Like obviously super cursi.
3: <laughs> well, Paula, thank you so much again. This has been this has been a real delight.
4: Well, thank you. I had the best of time. So hope we can repeat it.
3: A hundred percent. All right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, which you can. Wow. You can You're go to, so
2: kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful,
3: so generous. Go to patreon.com turn me on. Uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat.
2: Well, if you want to reach out to us, me at gmail dot com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email, money transfer, uh, all of that,
3: sex toy.
2: <laughs> you know, we're we're our email inbox is open to you.
3: That is it for this week. Until next week.
2: Why don't you go touch yourself?